Good morning, church. Good to see you all here this morning. Uh, you know what I need? I need my glasses. I can't see you here. It's good to see you all here this morning. I'm thinking, where are they? <laughs> just kidding. I can see you. It's just for reading. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we are in a series called Preparing My Heart for Revival, and this is number four in the series, and I know that you've enjoyed it, and you've been inspired, you've been encouraged, and we're expecting revival, and in our own hearts, we believe in God that we will be part of the revival, and God will revive us. Amen? And we're all open to the Holy Spirit working in our life to bring about the revival. So um, I want to start this morning with um, a video that most of you have already seen. Uh, it's the Spanish prophetess Esther. Uh, for those who haven't seen the video, understand that this lady is from Spain, that she doesn't know us at all, and she got the name of the church, the promise, and the city Escondido when she was in Spain. When she came here, she was ministering at a certain meeting, and in that meeting, she called out Jody. Oh, Jody, are you here? So Jody was not at that meeting, but her friends were. And she called out Jody, and she began to give a word for Jody, and then she switched to the Promised Church. So she doesn't know us at all. I want you to listen. There's something specifically in this message that I want to talk about today. So pay attention. Here we go. Lights down. Y el Señor me dice and the Lord is saying que ella es una voz en ese territorio. that she is a voice in that territory. Pero veo un lugar and I see this place donde hay sillas. where there are chairs. Y en la entrada, and in the entrance veo una palabra. I see a word. Dice la promesa. The word is la promesa, the promise. Y veo una mujer. And I see this woman. Que es rubia. That she's blonde. Y es delgada. She's thin. Se llama Cindy. Her name is Cindy. A su lado. Next to her. Hay un hombre. There's a man. Con pelo canoso. With a white hair. Se llama Henry. His name is Henry. El Señor me dice. Que hay un tiempo de visitación para ese ministerio la promesa. That there is a time of visitations that comes from the Lord to that ministry. Los veo rodeados. I see them surrounded de muchos niños negritos. by a lot of uh, little children and they are veo, of a black color. And I see this place de Africa. in Africa. Es Ghana. Ghana. Ellos tienen allí un ministerio. They have a ministry there in Ghana. Con estos niños. Yeah. Y Dios me dice and the Lord says que viene un crecimiento an expansion, exponential, an exponential expansion, a growth, acelerado. that it's accelerated, the Lord is releasing a lot of for that ministry, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> So this is what we're faced with. We're faced with a decision as to whether or not we believe the gifts of the Spirit are for today. Whether the Corinthians and the Holy Spirit and those nine gifts mentioned are for today or for not. Are they or are they not? 
Then we have to decide with the Spirit of God in us whether we believe this lady, this prophetess, was speaking by the Spirit of God through those gifts. We have to make a decision, yes or no. See, we can't sit on the fence and say, well, we'll see what happens. We have to decide, was that God speaking through her, giving that instruction, or wasn't it? Well, as for me and my house, we have chosen to believe that it's God speaking. All right? That is God speaking. Most accurate prophetic word over us in our ministry I've ever heard. Now, bear this in mind that Jody came to the church and introduced us to the ministry in Ghana. She's the director of that ministry in Ghana. So that is how the Black Faces came into being. And the Ghana ministry came into being through Jody. And he, he m- mentioned that. And we're connected to Ghana. I mean, it is phenomenally accurate. Phenomenally. Now, she said that God is coming to visit. There are visitations coming. So we have to believe that. That's $100 for the building fund. Awesome. Keep it up. She said that this visitation, there's going to be an outpouring with God's manifested presence with us. This is talking about revival. God is coming. He's going to minister. There's going to be revival. She also promised exponential expansion. Say that with me. Exponential expansion. So this means growth. It means increase. The area I want to focus on today was these last words where she said there's going to be a release of resources. Say that with me. Release of resources. Now, you don't have to be a genius to understand what she said by the Spirit of God. There's going to be a release of resources. You see, God knows that when a revival takes place, that there needs to be corresponding release of financial resources to support that revival. It has to happen that way. So I want to show you another video this time of a dear friend of mine who has now gone on to be with the Lord, Reinhard Bonke. How many of you know about Reinhard Bonke? The most successful, the most anointed evangelist ever to have lived on the earth. Ever to have lived. We had the privilege and the joy of knowing him when he was in South Africa. He ministered in our church for us. We spent a whole week with him, so we really do know him, and we spent a lot of time with him. So he built a tent, and I'm going to show you this tent. If we have the lights down, I want to show you this tent he built in order to go up to Africa to harvest Africa. Go ahead, show the video. Seafan outgrew the yellow tent, and the big tent was built. It seated over 30,000 people, the largest movable structure built to date, according to the Guinness Book of Records. But despite the huge milestone that the big tent was, it was destroyed by fierce winds shortly after it was erected. The era of open-air crusades was thus born. That tent cost millions of dollars. Guinness Book of Records the largest moving structure ever built. Think about the logistics of the trucks necessary when that thing is broken down to cart that thing throughout Africa and then the cost of erecting it in order to hold crusades. We're talking multiple millions of dollars. But you see, 
a wind came through. It was erected in South Africa. They had the opening ceremony in it. And before they could move it, a windstorm came through that we've never seen in South Africa and destroyed the entire tent. We all threw up our hands. I mean, we were just like, oh, God, why didn't you protect this tent? Millions of dollars went into it. Uh, we were stunned that God didn't protect it, but the tent was torn apart. See, what we didn't know was what God actually had in mind for the revival that was coming, that our dear brother Reinhard Bonker was actually thinking too small. Tent wouldn't have worked. So they went into Africa and they started holding crusades. I'm going to show you some of those crusades, just for one minute. Please give us some, give us some videos. These are the crusades, just one minute. Yeah, go ahead and give the Lord praise. He had a vision and a dream from God that said Africa would be saved. Before he passed on to be with the Lord, 100 million people in Africa made decisions and were given into churches. Hey, do you have any idea what the cost is of those crusades? I mean, you can just imagine. They, they took pictures with airplanes that flew over, and they did calculations based on square inch of density of people. And there was between two to three million people attending those crusades. They couldn't build a tent large enough to accommodate what was taking place. And you see, this is what happens when God moves and God shows up. Our thinking is usually too small because we think in line with what we've got right now. And even if we double it, we go, whoa, God, 100% increase. Who slow down, slow down. And God is thinking a hundred times bigger than what we're thinking. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. Now, we've begun to see the first waves of the revival promised by God hitting the shore here. Last year, we had the largest intake of Bible college students. This year, we increased that number. So now we have 65. It is the largest amount of Bible college students we've ever had here in America. And on Monday nights, we have at least 12 to 15 graduates come and, come and listen again. They love to hear the Word of God. So we had no place to put them. We were putting our second year in children's church, carrying in chairs for them. So what happened is that we had to go and rent the reservoir church down the road here from us in the same building to hold our second year Bible class. A great problem to have. Amen? Great problem to have. Thank God. We need a bigger building. No, we need our own building. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We need a bigger ark to accommodate the people that are coming with the waves that God is sending. We need a bigger ark. I'm going to ask you to help me fund the ark and then row it to the shore. Hallelujah. We don't want to miss the wave. If you were a surfer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I see Bryson at the back there. Bryson. A couple other surfers are going, we know what you're talking about. You paddle the hardest you ever paddle, the fastest you ever paddle in order to catch the wave. And then you go. And then it's free sailing after that. Amen. But how frustrating when you paddle and you miss the wave. And you paddle and you miss the wave. <laughs> Please, Jesus, help me. Angels, help me. Get on this wave. Get on this wave. We can do this. You agree with me? We can do this. See, when God moves supernaturally, finances are always released. Financial resources are always released. And He is releasing resources to you and through you, those of you who are attending the promise, those who are watching online, those who are listening by podcast. If you're hearing this message today, God is speaking to you because He wants to release resources in your life. He's going to do it through you. So you should be excited about this. You know, in Acts chapter 4, at the end of the, uh, of the, end of the chapter, there was a great move of God that was occurring. And the apostles were preaching about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, great signs and wonders were happening. And then the people themselves were selling their homes, selling their lands. It's taking a long time to come up. I'm talking, talking, talking. Waiting for it to come up. There it is. Everybody say hallelujah. Okay. So there was not a needy person in the whole congregation, and they were being added daily to the, to this, to the church. And then it says here that they were selling their lands and their houses, and they brought the proceeds to the church, and they distributed amongst the people so nobody had a need. Can you see with this outpouring and this move of God that at the same time resources were released? Resources were released. People were being blessed. Every person was giving generously there. Now, of course, there's the tragedy of Ananias and Sapphira who were also in that revival, but... You see, they, their heart was not in it. They were looking for, you know, the glory and recognition and so on. And as you know, they died in church. And I mean, it's a sad thing, but it, the only people ever to die in church was doing an offering. And that's, you know, I mean, it was, it's a tough day. And they went out and buried them, you know, straight, straight away. They went in, but they, you know what? You know, people often say to me, Pastor Henry, I've got your back. I've got your back. Listen, people. I don't need you to have my back. I need you to have my heart. See, God's got my back. And he tells me there's a shield protecting my back. What I need is people around me who have my heart. Who have a heart for the lost. A heart to disciple people. A heart to influence this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I have amen? amen. So the move of the Holy Spirit and generosity are closely connected. In Proverbs 3 and verse 9, the scripture says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. So that is not just your income. That is your actual wealth. Your wealth. What you possess. 
and with the first fruits of, your in, of all your crops. So that's the, that is the income that's coming through. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your barn, barns will be filled to overflowing. Say exponential expansion. expansion. Do you see what happens here? Exponential expansion occurs when you honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits. God says it right here. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Say exponential expansion. Your vats are going to overflow with new wine. Now, wherever you see new wine in scriptures, in the scripture, it is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Every Bible translator agrees. It's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So we see a combination here. We see the fact that there's wealth being given, wealth is being released, and when we see the release of wealth, we see an increased flow, increased flow of more wealth, more wealth comes, and then we see at the same time Holy Spirit outpouring. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can buy the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you can pay for the move of God. What I am saying is that they correspond together. That when you cooperate with the Holy Spirit and you begin to give, begin to pray, God begins to move at that same time. There is a, listen people, listen carefully to me. I've been in the ministry over 45 years. And one of the strong things that I've taught about my whole ministry is on finances. And I can tell you this. I've seen some of the greatest moves of God when I have taught on finances, on giving, than any other time. I've actually seen crippled people come out of wheelchairs and begin to walk during the offering. Jackie was one ministering to the person. They, they were paralyzed from their waist down. And it was the first time in the church. And they weren't saved. And they came down at the altar call. And I made an altar call for tithers. And they came down. And when the person was sitting there, suddenly he's trying to move his leg. And Jackie goes over and see what's going on. And he says, Jackie says, what's going on? He said, my, my leg has got feeling. And she says, well, move it. And he kicks his leg off the wheelchair. And then I'm looking up here and I'm seeing what's going on there. And I'm rushing down. I want to be miss out, missing out on this. So I go down. I'm my lightning quick brain. I say, well, if you can move one leg, maybe you can move the other one. Maybe. How about that for faith? <laughs> Not stand up and walk. Try it, Bubba. Try. See if it works. Holy cow. If you can move both legs, maybe you can, maybe you can stand. Up he comes. He walked out pushing the wheelchair and came back that night in the middle of the offering. Now go ahead and give the Lord praise. You know the story of Cornelius. He was a prayer and he gave generously. He was a Gentile. And the Bible says there was a release of finance. He was a giver, a generous giver. And the greatest revival ever to hit the world started with this man because the gospel was preached to the Gentiles for the first time. So giving and praying opens up a channel to release a spiritual force. Giving and praying opens a channel that releases a spiritual force. And that is why we focus on P3, on the prayer time, and on the worship, and why in our church we have prayer on Wednesday mornings, and prior to service on Sunday, because we know and we understand that our prayers and then our giving is releasing a spiritual force. I actually am not surprised that God knows about us. Are you surprised God knows about you? Then why would you be surprised He knows about the promise? Because it's all use, yeah. 
See, in Acts chapter 10, where the story is told, the Bible says in verse 1 that he prayed regularly and he, uh, he gave to those in need generously. And distinctly, he saw an angel of God that came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked, and the angel said, watch this now. Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. A memorial is something that keeps alive the memory of somebody. You put a memorial at the tombstone. It's a tombstone. Or you build a statue to remind you of that person. It's a memorial. So think about this. Your prayers and your offerings, not just your prayers, come up before God and keep the memory of you alive before the throne. So I'm not surprised he knows me. I'm not surprised. And I'm not surprised he wants to come visit. You're awful quiet in the synagogue. Why would you be surprised? Why would you be surprised? Now, if the physical action of talking to God becomes a spiritual force before the throne, then the physical action of giving is also converted to a spiritual force before the throne. You see, our prayers and our giving, although they're done in this physical world, we don't realize the spiritual impact in the spirit world. Something happens, and it is so powerful that it occurs in heaven before the throne of God. You know, in the last days, there's going to be a sign that will show up. And this sign is going to be misplaced trust and dependency. Misplaced. Peter, Paul writes to Timothy and he says this in 2 Timothy 3.1. He says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, and we're living in the last days. In the last days, there will be difficult times. And we know. I mean, we've just been through crazy time. Difficult times on the earth. It seems like, you know, one minute the devil's got the upper hand. Next minute God is moving. Next thing the devil's got the upper hand. Then God goes, doesn't the devil ever get tired of harassing us? Now, difficult times are coming. Now, watch this. Four people will love only themselves and their money. Self-centered, love myself, trust myself, trust my money, love my money. Okay? It's all about me. In the last days, it's all about me, I, what I deserve. You need to give me freebie. Give me. It's about me. All about me. Me-centered. This is a sign of the last days, in case you didn't know. So now, if you love the promised church, I'm talking to you guys here, those who are watching on TV, those who are watching through uh, uh, the, the platforms that we have out there or iPod or whatever it is, you're listening to it. If you love the promised church, then we have something in common. We want to see it grow. And we want to see its influence increase, not only in Escondido, San Diego, North County, California, America, and around the world. Amen? Are you with me? You want to see that happen. This is what we want to take place. And you know, I believe that God has already touched many of you. He's given you 
this anointing. There is a desire in you to do more for God. In fact, some of you have even prayed, prayed this prayer and said, God, I would like to be a, fi a financial channel for you. Use me. Use me, God. I want to be. This is my heart's desire, to see the gospel preached. Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, God gives you a promise, if that's you. If that's you, listen. And God who provides seed for the sower. So if you're the sower that's asking God to use you in this field, He's going to provide seed for the sower and bread for the eating. He will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing. Please listen carefully to me. He will provide and multiply your resource for sowing. That sounds like supernatural exponential expansion of resources if God is providing for you to sow. Yes? And you see, Prophet Esther said that, and we have to decide whether that was of God or wasn't it. If it is of God and we've got this scripture to confirm it, then we should be saying, God, here am I. Increase those resources. Release those resources. Give me seed to sow. You can count on me. Let's do this. Amen. Amen. And then it goes on to say, not only will he multiply your resource for sowing, watch this, he'll increase the fruits of your righteousness, which multiplies itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. What does it mean to increase the fruits of your righteousness? Well, I'm going to tell you. Marriages are restored. They are all fruit of your righteousness. Your righteous act of giving, which was only a physical act, produced a spiritual force that brought about a change in somebody's life. There is not a single person sitting here today that is not a fruit of somebody else's righteousness. You are a result of what somebody else did yesterday or last month or last year. You are the outcome of their generosity. You are the outcome of their faith and their prayers. Amen? So God's plan, God's purpose, and God's promise to you, if you're in, in verse 10, is fulfilled in verse 11, the very next verse. He says, you will be made rich. You will be made rich. So for those who don't believe that God is into prosperity, go ahead and tear that page out. Just tear it out your Bible. Probably by the end of today, you'll just have two covers left. You can fight and fuss with me as long as you want. I don't care. I don't care. All I care about is what the Scripture says. That's what I care about. It says you will be made rich. In every way, just in case you thought it was spiritual. And then it says so that you can be generous on every occasion. So it can't be talking about spiritual. It's talking about wealth. It's talking about actual financial riches. You will be, see, verse 11 follows verse 10. How supernatural is that? I mean, that's incredible revelation. 
That if verse 10 is where you're at and God has given you seed, verse 11 follows. If you'll do verse 10, you're going to be made rich and you're going to be able to be generous on every occasion. So is getting a new ark for the promise an occasion? Absolutely. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Are you thankful to God that somebody gave their tithes and offerings before you came on? Aren't you thankful to God? Amen. Amen. And there's people going to come after you. They're going to be thankful to God for you, even though they don't know you. You're doing it by faith. So let me talk about this, um, these fruits of righteousness just a moment. You know, um, we had just started out in our, uh, in our business. It was, uh, you know, insurance brokerage. And I was preaching down in Valcom. We're living in Johannesburg. And my brother Theo was led of the Lord to plant a church in Johannesburg area, the Christian Family Church International. And so from time to time, when Jackie and I were not away preaching or something, we would go and visit with him. He had 30 people, literally, in gym. And then we would slip a couple of hundred bucks to him, and he'd say to me, oh, no, Henry, you keep it. You need it more than I do. I know that you don't have a regular income. And you know what I would say to him? I would say to him, Theo, I can't afford to keep this. This doesn't cover my need. This doesn't come near to covering my bills. I have got to sow the seed so I can have a harvest. This doesn't cut it. It's not enough. I've got to get rid of this. I've got to plant it in your ministry. I believe in your ministry. And that's what we would do. We were planted in his ministry. Now, 40 years later, his ministry has grown to 1,300 churches. 82 Bible schools. 23 countries with 200,000 active attendance every week. Now, I want to show you a one-minute video, even less than a one-minute video, of this year, 2020-22, their meeting. They have a, a meeting once a year. It's a celebration meeting. The cars that you're going to see are three parking lots around the church. And then we're going to go inside the church, and we're going to get right into one of the meetings they have that they are playing on, that they just had. So this is showing you what's just happened. Can we have lights down? Less than one minute. Watch this. for Jesus. Hear me, San Antonio. Hear me, Cape Town. We have to be on fire for Jesus. Well, I believe with all my heart that the church is coming into a new season of miracles and provision and a fresh anointing. One, two, one, two, three, So there's 5,000 people in the main auditorium, and they have two other auditoriums in the same building that are all filled. And as you saw, there are parking lots going on forever and forever all around it. Now, uh, a couple of years ago, they were receiving 
some uh, uh, offerings in order to expand their facility, and our church gave them $4,000 towards the expansion of their facility. Now, you may be saying to me, uh, well, all I'm I want to say this is that we gave into that ministry when there were 30 people. Now there's hundreds of thousands attending with 1,300 churches around the world. Do you know what my righteous fruit look like? You have any idea why God knows me? I only preached there a few times. I left the work to him. I financed his work. You know, you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, Pastor Henry, I would like to do something, but I'm struggling. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting financially. I'm struggling. Things are tough. You know, Bill Johnson said this, God does things opposite to what's going on in the world. You remember when they were going through the desert, he put a cloud. When it was so hot, they put a cloud opposite to the heat. And then when it got nighttime, he put a fire out to, to the opposites. Um, Amy Sippel McPherson. Do you know that she built Angela's Temple in Los Angeles during the Great Depression? She built the biggest church, and they had to have two services. It was 5,000 cedar. See, diamonds shine the brightest against a black, dark background. Usually, if you go to a jewelry store and they show you some beautiful jewelry, they put a little nice black cloth and they put on top. And they put their bright light onto it because it shows up better. People... <coughs> We are those diamonds, and we are going to shine brightest in the times that are here because God is going to work through us. Amen? This is our time to shine. Turn and tell somebody, this is your time to shine. Randy Clark said this. He said, serve the God of hope. Build a benevolent hope center. Who can people go to admit their trouble if Christians have no hope? If we don't have hope, where are people going to go? Bill Johnson also said this. We have declared our church as a recession-free zone, a cancer-free zone, and a debt-free zone. I think we should adopt that declaration. Amen? Come on, say it with me. The promise is a recession-free zone. It is a cancer-free zone. And it is a debt-free zone. Come on, rejoice a little bit. Again, you may be saying, Pastor Henry, I, I wish I could do something, but you know, I'm struggling. I'm going to ask you a question. What is in your hand? What is in your hand? Think about that little guy when Jesus was about to feed the 5,000 people, came along with his two fish and five loaves, and they were asking for food, and he looked at his food that they were asking him to give up, and he looked at Peter, and he goes, this is not even enough for you, Peter. It's a little boy's lunch. How's it going to help? You see, he was looking at what was in his hand, not who was holding his hand. Don't look at what's in your hand. Look at who's holding your hand. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's taking you to the place where resources are going to be released in your life. That little two loaves or five loaves, whatever it is, fed the multitude and they picked up leftovers. You know, people really, if the gospel only works in good times, why do we call it the good news? It's always working. I believe the promised church 
was birthed by the Holy Spirit for such a time as this. The Holy Spirit had, had to know what was coming. And He chose us, anointed us, called us, and raised us up. You know why? Because He knows that we have the faith to move this mountain. He's given us an assignment. He has prepared us. God has this good work in store for us to do. And in Jesus' name, we are well able to do it. Do you agree with me? Raise your hand and say, I'm well able. In Jesus' name. So will you join me? Who is with me? Who, is gain, who can God count on to proclaim the gospel no matter what the cost? We need to go beyond our tithe. Tithe is just the, the thing that primes the pump. It is the lowest level of giving. It is just the basic, basic giving. If you're going to become a financial channel for God, if you want God to release exponential resources to you, you're going to have to go way beyond the tithe. Are you with me? The question I have for you is, what is a soul worth? Do you remember Jesus said in Mark 8.37, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? What can he give? Nothing. What will a man give? Nothing. There's nothing. Nothing that comes even close to the value of your soul. You know the story, I'll repeat it for those who haven't heard it. We were pastoring in the church in Valcom, and there was a couple who lived in the city of Virginia where we lived, and they were lay Methodist ministers, and they snuck into our Sunday night service and got touched and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now they're talking in tongues in the Methodist church as the pastors. So here's a problem. So they came to see us, and they said, you know, I think we ought to turn our credentials in, but we're so hungry for more of God. Now that we've got the Holy Ghost, we're so hungry for more of God. So Jackie and I financed, we sponsored them to go to our Bible college. When they'd finished the Bible college, they wanted to go full-time. So we sent them out to a neighboring city, and we financed them for about six months. We sent our music team out to help them, and they, we gave them our whole Bible college. And after one year, they graduated a class, and they asked me to be the graduation speaker. And during that year, a young man by the name of At Bosov, he got saved. He was radically saved, radically saved, and he was in that graduating class. But a few years later, Pastor George died at age of 44. And At Borsov was asked to take over the church then. And he changed the name to Christian Revival Center. And now, 35, 40 years later, Christian Revival Center is 35 locations in seven countries with 30,000 active members. They're in the maiden cities of South Africa in Johannesburg, Pretoria, and Bloemfontein. They have Similar auditoriums, similar churches. This is my grandson in the Lord. And he built this ministry with this slogan, win the lost at any cost. Can we have the lights down? I want to give you one minute. I want you to have a look at what he has accomplished in the name of Jesus. At Bosov, graduated Bible college and went on to launch the Christian Revival Center Ministry which has planted over 39 churches worldwide and currently has tens of thousands of members. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that there is revival around the world in certain pockets. Yes, there's been a fall off in America, and I gave you those inf that information last week. But other than that, there is a great revival occurring for those who have tapped into the Holy Spirit. 
for those where the financials have been released, they have building massive, massive auditoriums and going to multiple services. The parking lots are not big enough to accommodate the people that are coming. Can you see our vision is too small? Amen? Even buying this whole center is too small. It's too small. We, we, we've got to follow what God is asking us to do. Now, Jesus appreciates any gift. Do you remember the, the widow woman? Uh, the story is found in Mark chapter 12. And she came along with two pieces of co uh, copper coins, like the size of maybe a penny. And she threw this into the offering. And uh, Jesus stopped what was going on. And he said, uh, she has given more than all the rich people because she gave out of her need. Now, the interesting thing about this um, offering is that Jesus never stopped the widow woman from giving. This was all she had. Understand, this was all she had. She gave everything. He didn't go up to say, you know what, sweetheart, let me just take this out. You know what? We appreciate your gift. You keep this. You keep it. You know, God doesn't need your two pennies. And, uh, you know, you need, you need this money. You hold on to it, sweetheart. We love you. Okay, go on your way. He didn't return the offering to her, and he didn't stop her from giving. Why? Why? Because he knew what was coming. She had given sacrificially. You see, it's not the size of the gift. It's the size of the God. God is going to restore to her. God is going to bless her. Her heart was right. She came. She said, God, this is all, all I've got to give. Give. See, a lot of times people expect just the wealthy to support the church. Just the wealthy to do the building fund. Just the wealthy to do what's got to be done. But God doesn't expect the wealthy. He, I mean, He does, but he's, the responsibility doesn't stop there. The responsibility is with the whole body of Christ. All of us are involved in this ark. All of us are rowing the ark. It doesn't matter how rich or how poor you are. And we have an opportunity right here, right now, to put the kingdom of God first. Jesus said, in, John, in Mark 6.33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what does it mean to seek the kingdom first? What does it mean? Well, I mean, in everything, put God first. In your time, your treasure, your talents, put God first. But this is obviously an opportunity when it comes to finances, to put God first in your finances. Show God that, you, that, that, that He means more to you than your earthly wealth. Because one day you're going to leave this place and your wealth is going to be left behind. It's going to be left behind. And you're going to be moving on to meet the Lord. So we have an opportunity to put Him first. I believe that giving like this is an indication to God that we actually have put Him first in our finances. I'm going to read one more scripture to you. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Paul writes to the church at Corinth. And he says, just as you excel in everything. And he could have been writing this to the promised church. In faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. There is a grace of giving. There is an anointing of giving. The grace of God, as we know, is how we got saved. But the Bible tells us that it was through great grace, chapter 4, where the apostles were preaching and giving testimony to the resurrection. There is a grace that nobody talks about. It's the grace of giving. That grace of giving rests on the promised church. 
it rests on the promised church. Because people are operating in a level way beyond what is normal for Christians. Way beyond. But Paul says, you need to go further. You need to excel, 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 go further. Increase, exponential expansion. Exponential. Exponential expansion. Let the grace of God forgiving, let it grow in you. Let it increase in you. We're talking about increase. We're talking about a revival that's coming. A revival that's coming. And God is going to take you to places you've never been before. He's going to take you to heights you've never been before. He's going to take you into predicaments you've never faced before. But God is going to be there to supply, to multiply, to increase. Now we're going to receive an offering today called the revival offering. A revival offering. I believe we've started in this revival and we need to have God release resources in our life so that we can move with this revival. We know, there's not a shadow of a doubt, that we need a new ark. We need our own building. We need a place we can go to. So don't look around and go, yeah, there's some empty chairs. How would you feel if you arrived next Sunday and we turned you away at the door and said, I'm sorry, there's a fire code. We've exceeded the fire code. We've got people standing. There's no seats. We turn you away. How would you like that? You say that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't say that if God's involved. Yeah, I wouldn't say that to God. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I mean, let's pray. I'm going to ask you to consider to give the biggest gift you've ever given to the Lord. The biggest gift. I'm not talking about tithes now. I'm talking about you asking God. Lord, what is it you want me to do? Remember that scripture said, from your wealth, from your wealth, and the first fruits. I'm asking you to ask God in your heart, God, what portion, what part of my wealth do you want me to give to your revival? There are fruits that are going to be established for all eternity by what you decide today. What do you decide? What is God saying to you? Now, you may not have the resources on you by way of check, cash, or card, but you know how to do it. We've, we've actually put a drop-down on our website in giving called Revival. And so you could do that this afternoon when you get back home. If you want to write a check today, you could do that. If you want to give cash as an envelope in front of you or a credit card, you can do that. You can text as well. If you would uh, put it up on the screen, you just text the word revival and the amount. Put it up on the screen, the text number. And if you text that and just put the word revival in, it'll go straight there. I'm going to pray over you. And then we're going to have a move of the Spirit of God. I declare it. I decree it. Because, you see, I've, I'm asking people to come forward who I know are generous givers. They are givers.
tithers and over and above. And they carry on them already the grace of giving. And we're going to lay hands upon those who want to increase in the grace of giving. Who in their heart, there's a burn that says, God, I want to do more. I want to be a financial channel. I want you to release resources to me. And I covenant with you today that I will sow the increase. Father God, we pray over every person here today in the auditorium, those watching, Lord, online, and those who hear the podcast. I believe they've been stirred by the Spirit of God. They've seen the need of the gospel, and they're going to rise up, and I believe, Lord, you're going to give seed to sow. And according to the prophetic word that came, there's going to be exponential growth, increase, and release of resources. Right here in the promised church, we have to believe there was you speaking because you know, you know that resources are needed for the revival that you are going to release in our midst. Now, every person who gives, Lord, let it be a supernatural, divine, exponential expansion and growth. Shock them, Lord. Shock them with what you do and how rapidly you do it. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. We're going to wait just a moment. Going to have the music playing in the background. I'm going to ask the ushers if you'd go around past the bucket, just the, the baskets, just in case they would like to receive. They'd like to do the giving now, if you would. And then I'm going to ask our ministry team to come up. Every one of these people in the ministry team are tithers and givers beyond their tithe. And they have an anointing upon them to impart that grace that God has freely given to us because grace comes freely. Trust me when I say these people give over and beyond above, I seriously mean it. I'm going to ask Andrew, please come and join us. Randy, please come and stand with Cheryl today. Randy doesn't usually come up. Cheryl's usually the one that does the praying. But I've asked Randy to come. He has a heart for God. He has a heart to finance the next church. And I trust God that he, the, the, the anointing is going to flow through these people today in such a powerful way. It'll change your financial situation like that. That's what I believe. I'm going to have everybody stand. Have you passed the, have you passed the offering baskets? We're done? All done with it? Okay. Go ahead and pass them, please. Brian, please, would you and Mary join us? Hmm? Mary, I need you to come and stand here to pray. Make it clearer. There's such an anointing on Mary and Brian. They went through tough times and possibly three years where Brian couldn't get a job. Whenever they got anything, they tithed off it. And today, it's not 
unusual for Brian to earn anything between ten and 16000 a month. Tithing and giving, tithing and giving, tithing and giving. They know how to stand when things are tough. You heard Dr. Chris's testimony when he first decided he was going to tithe. And then he said his heart's desire that they were going to tithe $10,000 and they achieved the goal. Then they got married and they decided they're going to tithe $20,000. I don't know where they're at, but that, that, is, that is a heart after God. That is what I'm talking about, increase. That's what I'm talking about, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Increase, multiply, exponential expansion. Now, if you're serious about it and you want hands laid upon you, have we received the offering? Are we done with it? Has it, has it passed through? All right. Now we're going to pray for you. If this is your heart, when I spoke today, the Holy Spirit was talking to you all the time, and you knew, God, this is me, this is me, this is me. You were not offended by the ministry. You were excited by what was being said then it's for you. Choose somebody that you want to pray, that you want them to pray for. Choose somebody. And then come on down. Come on down. Come on down. In Jesus' name. Come on down. Find a spot. Find a spot. Thank you, Lord. Do we have any other catches that are working with you? Catching there, okay? I'm going to stand here on my left here if somebody wants to come down to me.